Praise God. I'm so glad that I can call you brothers and sisters. Me, me too, my wife, my two sons, Dominic and Abdel, uh, as well as myself. We are always excited to come here, bringing you greetings from the churches in Haiti. We also always leave this place refueled, refreshed, and renewed. And I believe that this says something special about the kind of church you are. A group of people who are willing to let God use you to bring refreshment to order. We've lost a lot of churches to, uh, as supporting churches during the COVID time. But you have proved to be faithful and we thank full to the Lord that you have been such a great blessing to us. And I just pray that before you leave this place this morning, that your soul, your soul would, be, would continue to find refreshment in the word of the Lord. I am so excited to be part of this teaching seri series that you call Unusable. I know so many other preachers have spoken about so many other Bible characters, but we are looking at uh, uh, Paul, the apostle, this morning. I just love the apostle Paul. If you want to understand Christianity, someone says, you need to understand Paul, but with so many books on the apostle Paul and so many writings, uh, it is so very difficult to condense what we want to learn from the Apostle Paul and his writing in a few minutes. But Paul is so very useful to the cause of Christ. He wrote half of the New Testament to spread the gospel uh, to the heart of the known world. And he gave his life to serve the kingdom. However, he was not only usable. He was not usable all the time. When he was first introduced to us, he was the most unusable to the kingdom of Christ. Throughout the ages, thousands of thousands of Christians have died because of their belief in Jesus. As far as we know, the first Christian who ever died as a martyr for the cause of the grace of God, for the cause of the gospel, Paul, then Saul, ordered his killing. It was just later on, by the grace of God, that Paul became later the most usable person to the cause of the gospel. Somebody said, except for the Lord Jesus Christ himself, no single figure has done more for the Christian faith. Dog, he suffered so much. He worked so hard. He spent most of his time in jail because of his faith in Christ. Uh, but we wonder about his secret for such a victorious, usable Christian life. And from Paul's life and ministry, from his writing, we find so many secrets. But in fact, I find it to be the most difficult to talk about him 
in a single term. But however, one of the most remarkable orders that he gave that represent his life, his teaching, and his ministry is what we read about in Ephesians 6.10. And this is what I believe that the Lord wants you to remember to do this morning. You need to be strong in the Lord because he says in Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. In a life so hard, feel of hardship, going from being unusable to being usable, we wonder sometimes how can someone ever be strong. But uh, looking at the life of the Apostle Paul, we see that it's possible. We need to have a strong start. We need to have a strong stand. And we need to have a strong end. To move from being unusable to be usable by God, we need First of all, to have a strong start. When I talk about strong start, I'm thinking about Paul's conversion. He was on his way to persecute Christians. And as he was on his way, he got hit, he got flashed by light, and he fell on the ground. He was blind for three days. And when Ananias received the order from the Lord to go and pray for Paul, he asked the Lord, wasn't the guy who've been killing us as Christians? He thought this guy, Paul, could never be usable because of what he did in the past. But by his grace, Jesus was able not only to open the eyes of Saul, but to encourage Ananias to go according to Acts 9 and pray over Saul. And so, he admitted the fact that he was someone that was unusable, but by the grace of God, he was right now so useful to the gospel. He explained that to the Christian of Ephesus in Ephesians 2 when he told them to just look back. Look back at who you were before you met Christ. He says in Ephesians 2, as for you, you were dead in your trespasses of sin, in which you used to live 
when you follow the ways of the world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also live among them at one time, gratifying the craving of our flesh and following its desires and thought. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. He said, look back. Look at who you were. Look at where the Lord took you. In a letter that he wrote to the Christian to, to, uh, uh, of Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 1, he says, remember, even when you were called, don't look at someone else. Look at yourselves. Just where you were. God didn't go about and pick up the best, the good. He just went to, the, to choose the best things of the world. And that's why he got to choose you. Right here, he tells them, look at what you were dead. Talking about the state of being natural men. You were dead. You couldn't help yourself. You were just fulfilling the desire of the flesh. But look up. What happened to you? He says, but because of his great love, verse 4, for us, God in his rich, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgression. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, and not by works so that no one can boast. You see, you just look back and see where you were and see who you are, and, 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 and look up. See what made the difference. It is God by his grace. He saved you. Then he said, just look forward. Look forward to what? He said, say, for we are God's handiwork created by Christ Jesus to do good work with, which God had prepared in advance for us to do. God wants us to look back. He wants us to look up and he wants us to look forward to see the fruit of the grace that is bestowed on us so that we can move from being totally unusable to the kingdom like Paul from being one of the most usable person in the kingdom of God. This was what he talks about his conversion, his experience in the Word to Damascus. And sometimes I try to make a connection uh, to understand that even the simplest people, even the natural person can understand that because there is a, a, a theory that people who are not even Christian put together and they were talking about the phases of 
change, where he say, even when struggling with sin, even when you're going through some, you know, you have some bad habits, you can, you, you be, you can be at a stage where you are just a, a, <coughs> a stage of free contemplation, where you just don't make, do anything, but you see that you might be doing something wrong and you just do nothing about it. Then you can be at the stage of contemplation where you become conscious of what you are doing wrong. So later on you move to the stage of determination where you make a plan. You say, oh, oh, I, I am conscious that I'm not where I'm supposed to be, and so I'm making a plan to move forward and get out of this. Then you move to the plan of action. A lot of people, they, 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 they contemplate, they, they're conscious, they make a plan, but they don't follow through. But you can be at the stage where you take action and say what I've planned to do, to get out of where I am, I'm going to take action. And there is a stage of maintenance that, that, that is not yeah, the stage of maintenance where you, even as a Christian, you pray, you, you come to church, you, 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 you worship the Lord, and you read your Bible so that you can maintain the fellowship that you have with God. But if you don't, what's going to happen? You're going to go back, go back to the vicious cycle and see yourself doing what is wrong. But why? the reason I share that is because I want to remind you that uh, maybe all of us have, a, have different struggle, but whatever stage you may be in your life right now, we have a Jesus who by his grace can transform your life and take you from a state of being unusable to the cause of the gospel and make you usable no matter what you think of yourself, no matter what people think of yourself. If it's hard to understand, think about Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son, where uh, there is a guy who was in fellowship with his father and he decided to run away, wander away. And what happened, he got to the point where uh, he had no more money and uh, and he got to that point where he said, something is wrong. Then he was conscious of the fact that, wait, I'm in, in my father's house. Come on, servants are better than I am. And he made a plan of action. He said, I'm going back. I'm going to my father. I'm going to ask my father not to even treat me as a servant because I've done something wrong. And sure enough, the father's arms were wide open and he received him with joy and he entered into fellowship with his father to the point where even the other brother who thought that he was good, he was being jealous. And this is what happened sometime. And John Newton kind of summarized this in a way that he says that you're going to be surprised when you get to heaven. There are some people you think are going to be there, you won't see them. 
And there are some people you think would never be there, and you will see them there. This is the degree of God's grace, how by his mercy, he just uh, accepts us and moves us from being unusable to being usable. God is good, he is great, and he will always want the best for us, and he will never leave us nor forsake us. I, I am telling you that we have a lot of problems even in church just because some people have, have skipped that step because they think that they can get into the ministry without, they think they can get into the Christian life without repenting, without being converted, without acknowledging Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, as what we say, their personal Savior. Sometimes I find myself teaching people the, the basic stuff because as a pastor of large church, I come to the point where the church, I see the church suffering because some people have, have skipped that step. They don't start strong. And I, I feel it's right to share with you because I, I, was, I think sometimes about, about I do everything as a pastor and even marital counseling. You know, I sometimes uh, get, get, uh, get people, couple who are struggling, about to lose the family. And uh, one I, ha I, 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 I met was a husband and wife who came to me. And one of the first complaints that, that the, the wives uh, give is that, I don't remember the last time he kissed me. And I said, what? Kissing? And Thankfully, my wife was, going, was walking by my office, and I said, honey, come, let's teach them how to kiss. But, and I, I said, I mean, I mean they lose, they're about to lose the family, children are suffering, just because he, he, he forget, I don't know. I mean, he had to be used to do that. And then I said, this is how you kiss. You put your mouth like this, and then you make a noise. Yeah, because, I mean, because... Because they need to learn little thing. There is a difference between preaching in Haiti and preaching here. Here, I have, I, I, I'm pastoring a church of four or 5,000 people, and I don't have screens. The pastor has not only to give, uh, to give word, but he doesn't have just to give sound, but he has to give images also. So sometimes I have to teach the people the, some basic and a principle that can help them. Because if you have a church built and the foundation is not good, what happens is that you're going to see a lot of people, you know, under a building that's not solid and the building can fall anytime, destroying so many lives. So the foundation needs to be good and we need to get to those principles so that the church of Jesus Christ can be what it's supposed to be and that especially people can be usable to the kingdom of Christ. I have to remind people constantly that 
You need to repent. You need to be converted. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. In Matthew 18, the disciples were asking Jesus about who's going to be the greatest. What did he say? He, he, said, he didn't say who's going to be the He didn't respond to the question. He said, I'm telling you the truth. Matthew 18, unless you repent, unless you get converted, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. That means we need to remember that the church can be hurt because so many people, they don't go, they don't have a strong start. Uh, uh, I, 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 I have a chronic pain. And I have been hospitalized several times. And as far as I can remember, it's because the first time I had this pain is because I went down the stairs and I was going up the stairs trying to go too fast. And on my way, on my way up, I skip a stair and on my way back again, I skip a stair. And so I am paying the consequences years after just because I did not do what I was supposed to do. When you repent, when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, when you, when you, when you have not skipped that step of accepting Christ and be converted like the Apostle Paul, you just say like him in 2 Corinthians 5.10, for the love of Christ controls us. He said that because one day he was hit by the light and he was on his knees. A lot of us, we need to go through that process to go on our knees and let the love, let God just flash us and have a strong start. Paul says when the love of Christ controls us in 2 Corinthians 5, you have a new purpose in life. You don't live for yourself, but you live for Christ who died and rose again on your behalf. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, if you let the love of Christ control us, you're just totally new person. Because if any man is in, in Christ, he's a, he's a new creature, the old thing uh, uh, is gone and the new thing is gone. He summarized his way of living after he's come to a personal knowledge and a saving faith of Jesus Christ in Galatians 2.21. He said, I have been crucified with Christ and therefore I no longer live but Christ Jesus lives in me and the life I live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who died and rose again on my behalf. This is the message that you support me to preach in Haiti. And if you don't agree, please let me know so I can change it and so I don't lose your support. Oh, but oh, no, no. <laughs> if I do so, I would keep being usable to men and unusable to God. But like the Apostle Paul, I would rather be unusable to men, but usable to God. And in order to do so, we should not only start strong, but we should also stand strong. To do so, Paul make a strong point about the Christian life. 
He told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. He started strong, but he want, you want to stand. You want to stand strong. The Christian life, there's a fight. Everybody who, who, who claims to be a Christian and you don't understand that the Christian life is a fight, you're going to struggle. You see, Paul wrote almost half of the New Testament if we believe that he wrote Hebrew. He wrote in Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, and Hebrew. You will fight fine in every single one of this epistle that he, he called that Christian would help him with the fight or he asked Christian to fight. He, 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 say, he, he says, like, as for us, we endanger ourselves every hour. We face death every day. We, we, we fight the beast. That's in 1 Corinthians 15 in Ephesus. So the Christian life <coughs> Excuse me, Paul believed <clears throat> that this is a fight. And <clears throat> as a Christian, the enemy, just like Job, can ask permission to attack you, attack your possession, attack your servant, attack your children, and even want to kill them, attack your health. He specializes in attacking marriages. And you need to understand that this is a fight that we are indulging. And you know what a fight is. And if you don't understand, I like to watch boxing. And I see how people fight each other. It's, it can be bloody. It's humiliating in front of a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's, you can be misunderstood. You can be rejected. You can be hit really, really hard. And just so that you can become unusable. And you need to understand that this is not a small fight. This is a big fight. Maybe that's why Paul did not just jump into the ministry right after he was converted. But he, he, he took time to, examine, to, to, to take an examination of Scripture. To, to, he took the time to to learn from other people. He took the time to learn to be obedient and he talked to us about how it was, he, he, he had all the knowledge, he had all the experience, he had everything that could make him be usable by the enemy, but he set everything aside so that he could leave the very thing that could make him usable in, uh, in the kingdom of the enemy because there were the same thing that were keeping him from being usable by Christ. He understood that the enemy 
he had schemes. The enemy was, would use all kind of strategy to keep him away from winning the fight. It's the Christian life is a fight. But Paul continued to say that it is a good fight. It is a good fight. It is a worthwhile fight. Yesterday, we had a chance as a family with some friends to go to the seafood fair. And after we chow in, we were very much filled up. And uh, uh, we were offered uh, <clears throat> the best dessert. But I was advised by my son, who've tasted it before, to make sure that I don't try a deep fry real. And uh, uh, he said, this is not good for you. This can kill you. And, <laughs> and we had someone who is a teacher at the Coast Guard Academy. He said, yes, this is true. But you know, uh, you know, you know, deep fry real is so good, you will die anyway. And if you <laughs> die <laughs> from, from eating deep fry real, this is a good death. So he said that this is a worthy thing to do even if you die. So Paul explained that, you know, fighting in the Christian life is a good, is a good fight. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fight that involves running from sin and pursuing things such as righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fighting the good fight of faith is about making a choice, a choice to pursue God's will and a life of faith on a daily basis. He say you fight. It's, the Christian life is a fight. It is a good fight, and it's a fight of faith. A lot of people fight for all kind of things. But Paul say, you be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And you, 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 the fight is not against flesh and blood, but against all the powers, authority, and the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly preachers. He, 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 he stay focused on his faith. He loved to, 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 to preach the death and the resurrection and the lordship of Jesus Christ. He proclaimed the faith in Jesus Christ. Paul stayed focused and refused to allow himself to be distracted. He, he, he said he was preaching like the other apostle, Christ, wisdom and his righteousness. He didn't want to have confidence in the flesh. And he said he threw away everything so that he could, he could know Christ in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. He preached like John in 1 John 5, 20 that say, we know that the Son of God has come and he has given us intelligence to know the truth and we know the truth in his Son Jesus Christ. He is the true God and everlasting life. He fought a good fight. So, to, so he was moved from being unusable to being usable by Having a strong start by having by standing strong, but finally it is by having a strong end. He says in 2 Timothy 4 7 to his son in the faith, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, and finally the crown of life is reserved. 
for me. Paul believed that he had to keep the faith. Paul believed that he had a race to finish. And he suffered a lot. He went through a lot. But he, he never gave up on his faith. I know a lot of us, when we, we, we encourage one another even after a fight by saying, oh, that was a good fight. It's just to encourage each other. But we know clearly that to have a good fight, it, it's not just you know, when we say we had a good fight, but it's when we have won the trophy. Paul says that the Christian life is a life that gives a reward. One day, like today, trumpet shall sound, the dead of Christ shall rise first, and we who believe in Christ, we will all be caught up in heaven to meet Jesus and there we will be with him where there is no suffering, no pain, no death, no depression, no sickness, but life forever. And so my dear friend, uh, uh, here is a man, Paul, who was introduced to us as the most unusable and the Lord by his grace turned him into the most usable servant of God. God is the usable servant of the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did for Paul, he can do for each and every one of us. We got the secret, and we can just like Paul become so usable to the kingdom because, he, 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 because when he, he suffered, he stayed strong. When he went through persecution, he stayed strong. When he, he was torn, beaten, imprisoned, shipwrecked, betrayed, when he, sometimes he went without food, he went without sleep and without shelter, he stayed strong. Even when he was suffering in jail, he wrote letters to encourage the Christian to stay strong. And I believe that this morning, the Lord is calling you to stay strong, no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard it is, no matter how much people make you suffer, no matter how uh, depressed you might feel, but the Lord wants you to stay strong. May he keep you usable in his kingdom by giving you the grace you need to start strong, to stand strong, and to end strong. God bless you.